Here we go. We're going to see how this goes. I get to see into the hearts of, of coaches and athletes yes. so quickly. We can have this adrenaline rush in the moment and still be the image bearers of Christ that we are called to be. My passion is for the life of Christ to be lived out through me. I mean, Seth turned a little red when he was talking. It was really, really good. I get really excited. We want to find an easier time. We want to find a better time. And it's never going to appear. The best time is now. Zach, you're dropping proverbs on us, man. My work as coach is a minister of the gospel. Man, I am looking forward to more conversations around this. You guys are the best. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Competing Biblically podcast. Uh, Seth here with Nick and Pancake, all three of us back in person again. We've been recording remotely. And um, if you can't tell, I lost my voice the other day. It actually sounds great compared to what it has the past couple of days. But sorry if you have to deal with my raspy and, yeah, whatever this is, voice. Yeah, we were hoping that Seth's voice would would, uh, make out and make it through. Maybe not make out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were hoping that Seth's voice would make it uh, and be ready to go for this podcast. I'm glad to have these guys back in the dungeon, a.k.a. the basement where I work and work out and hang out and play Legos with Caleb. A multi-purpose room. Multi-purposes are, are taken out in this room, but I'm excited to be here. Yeah, big big excitement coming from this team all the time, every episode. Fire up. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm super happy to be back. Uh, I know it's been a while since I've been in the basement, been in the dungeon. Nick's sharing personal stories about Caleb, uh, talking about me no longer being in the dungeon and just making me cry before the episode, which is... Uh, just always a fun time. It's a heady play. It's a heady play. <laughs> yeah, getting me uh, emotional before the podcast, so so it comes out through the words. But yeah, super excited. Update for you listeners. We haven't talked about this in a while. So I have been using the Competing Biblically Framework and the HAP oh, specifically yeah. uh, to apply um, to my weight loss journey and to coaching five-year-old flag football five-year-old which we have a game tonight so keep the keep the green wolves in your prayers go green wolves oh i just every time you share that i can't imagine coaching five-year-old football that would drive me crazy it's fantastic if you and alexis want to come up we usually play saturday mornings at 9 a.m you're welcome open invitation okay but um the other thing i've been applying this to is my weight loss journey of trying to get uh, to a place of just being healthy and available to the Lord and my family. Um, and I just hit the 80-pound mark Ooh. of weight loss. So. I can't woo-woo very well. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I can't even laugh very well. That's good. So, yeah, this stuff has been transformative on that journey. Um, so we're, this, we're through phase one, so the goal is to lose 160 pounds, 80 pounds in, on the second All leg right. of the journey of another 80 pounds. That just started yesterday morning. So, yeah, ask for your prayers, and I'm excited to kind of share. So one of the big things for me that's been helpful was, like, just long-term over short-term has been a really groundbreaking principle of interacting with food, interacting with exercise, either 
when I'm thinking about not doing a workout um, or I'm thinking about eating something or or drinking something, holding it in the light of is this short-term either rest or this short-term endorphin boost from food worth compromising the long time the long-term mm-hmm. result which has been groundbreaking so we've been saying that this competing biblically stuff it's the think about my college football coach coach levan who says uh, this has everything to do with football and nothing to do with football mm-hmm. so this stuff has everything to do with athletics and has everything to do with the rest of your life as well mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I can definitely agree. I know uh, we just, I mean, we're, oh my goodness, time is flying by. We are uh, five weeks into our semester now. This is our sixth week. Uh, Well, this is my sixth week of my senior year of college. Um, And I've just been having uh, just some problems with a class and a professor. But man, really taking this stuff outside of athletics is like, super difficult but super transformative um i think one thing that um uh my girlfriend abby was reminding me a couple weekends ago just as i uh had gotten a bad grade on an assignment um just really didn't understand the assignment too well and would have liked more resources was complaining just about the class the professor and just like how it's so different than what i've experienced at wilmington and she just reminded me she was like hey you don't know uh, what's going on in that, what is going on in that professor's life. You don't know how your actions towards her, how your attitude towards her is harming your relationship with her and then harming your chances of doing anything in this class. And she was like, man, like if you, she's just calling me out and saying, if you (laughs) believe what you say, you believe you want to put all this hard effort into lacrosse. You want to put all, you put it all out there for lacrosse, be willing to do, uh, what you need to do despite, um, who's in front of you, man, like you, you need to apply that to every other aspect of your life. Go ahead, Abby. I know she, she was really coming at me and I was really upset for about a total of two seconds until I realized, Nope, she's completely right. And, I just, uh, man, since then, it's been so different to view my academics as as well as my athletics through the lens of specifically what the HAP talks about, um, what we talked about last week and what we're going to talk about this week of perfection. Uh, And it's not about maintaining perfect scores in my grades or perfect score in my class or my GPA overall. Um, It's really about doing the best that I can do with what's in front of me for the glory of God. Yeah, and I mean, the, that story actually, Zach, fits in perfectly because last time we did talk about perfection. We laid out perfection as a standard and defined perfection. And today we're going to, the chapter, chapter two of the handbook of athletic perfection, or as we call the HAP, is the beginning of perfection. And I encourage those of you who might not listen every single week as soon as the episode comes out, um, I would encourage you not just to listen to the latest episode if you've missed a couple go back and listen in order Mm because for the first season completely builds on itself this we're walking through the hap and it builds upon itself and listen to the first season before you listen to the second um so i really strongly encourage you if you're someone you don't tune in every week first of all we'd love to have you every week this has been transformative for us we want to share it but if you don't and if you just call bits and pieces of season one uh, go back, listen to season one, and then come back to season two. Um, because this stuff, you might get bits and pieces here, but it really starts to be transformative when you look at it as a whole. 
um, and see how the pieces fit as a whole. Um, and if you listen to all of them in order, you'll see that. Well, yeah. And if you want to go deeper uh, in the HAP, we're starting a journey through the HAP on Zoom. Yeah. So it's this is not geographically binding. So you, from wherever you're from, if you want to join us, I think from 830 to 930 East Coast Standard Time. And if you want more information, email our email, which is competingbiblically at gmail.com. Email us and we'll get you we'll get you the invitation to the Zoom link. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be work, walking through the hat uh, the first and third Monday evening from eight thirty p.m. to nine thirty p.m. First and third Mondays of every month, starting October eighteenth. So we're hitting the intro and, and mapping it out uh, next week. So when this podcast comes out the following Monday, we're going to be going through a chapter a week and taking a deep dive. Uh, into into the hat. So listen, yeah. listen to this. Please come join the Zoom. Uh, coaches, athletes, parents, volunteers, whatever sec, whatever stage of life you find yourself in, there'll be a group uh, for you, a breakout group for you to to dive deeper. And I hear a sneaky rumor that people that are involved are going to get competing biblically shirts or gear. Yeah, there's a shirt coming hot off the press. The first edition competing biblically long sleeve t-shirt yes and if you're part of the zoom community you get one yes you can still you will still eventually be able to get one to order one if you're not correct is that coming down the line or yeah we'll make that available okay but you show up be on the the zoom share this with us get a chance to talk have your input wrestle with it agree disagree whatever and grow and you'll get a competing biblically shirt first one mm-hmm. ever yeah so. it's, it's all about being sharpened and we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind scripture does that um these books are filled with scripture the hap is filled with scripture so and we'll see that here in chapter two yeah so now that we're 10 minutes in before editing i don't know what this will be after i edit but um let's actually start talking about the chapter um so like i said this is this chapter is the beginning of perfection we laid mm-hmm. out that are standards perfection and what perfection is. Mm-hmm. And then in this chapter, so now we know the standard, where do we begin? And this is where we step off. This is kind of the launching pad of where we begin. Yeah. So in the first sentence, I, just in transparency this morning, getting ready for this, I spent doing some other things, but probably an hour just in the first paragraph. This first paragraph here starts with by saying, the perfect athletic performance is, is one you do God's way, but to do it God's way, you need God's power. Mm-hmm. And that just had me thinking about two by four. A different way to say two by four would be uh, God's way, God's power, God's glory. That's really what this whole thing is, is about, that we can't do it God's way uh, without without doing it by God's power. We can't do it according to the word without the power of God. And good news, Acts 1-8, we've been given that promise. So we glorify him by being his witnesses in the things that we do and the things that we share when we're on his mission. So yeah, that was a great great reminder this morning. So I mean, again, just to reiterate those, God's way, God's power, God's glory mm-hmm. need to be our aim and our focus. Um, and I think back to something we talked about last week was just that idea along the lines of God's way and God's power is that we can't think God's thoughts and we can't mm-hmm. do what, or I'm going to butcher that a little bit, we can't do what God does and think what he thinks uh, unless we're intentionally yeah. thinking the way that he thinks and trying to do the things that he did. But even to take that a step further now is that we can't do that without his power. Yeah, Like we can't, we can't do it at all. 
I mean, it's John 15, is John 15, like, apart from him, we can do nothing, but with him, all things are possible to those who believe. Yeah, we can't simply look at Christ and copy him, because we don't have the power in ourselves to copy. We need his power, the Holy Spirit, to come. So, I mean, maybe that's where we start. I know Wes talks a lot about the Holy Spirit, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit, or you feel like you don't, you feel like, well... I've gone to church, but I don't really feel the Holy Spirit's power in, in my life. Invite him. Ask. We cannot accomplish the will of God without the power of God, which is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So we have to have that understanding first and foremost before we start this journey. Uh, yeah, I think something interesting, like along those lines that we were talking about right before we started the podcast is like when we talk about in comparison to other religions, when we talk about in comparison uh, to other belief systems, um, there is a big idea even within Christianity that like Christ is a standard and we're supposed to match up to it. Like Christ is a standard, like go, go and be like Christ, go and act like Christ, go and do the things that Christ did, go and say the things that Christ said. But we are living that out imperfectly uh, all the time, unless we are doing it through him. So uh, Nick pointed out a big difference is we are not looking at a standard and trying to meet it, but rather we have the standard come down and live it out through us once we let go of our desires our goals and really lean in to his desires and his goals for our life yeah and one of the ways that um actually first i did just want to highlight this verse it's luke it's in luke 11 and it's verses 11 through 13 talking about the holy spirit which of you fathers if your son asks for a fish will give him a snake instead or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? Um, So even us, imperfect people, know how to give good things. So why don't we trust God to give us the same through the Holy Spirit? Um, But moving on, one of the, from a, a mental aspect of this, an understanding aspect that stuck out to me is what Wes points out. Um, says you didn't just happen by chance you were designed by the architect of this world so understanding that we are not an accident Mm -hmm. we don't need to find our own way there's someone who's designed you so where do you need to go in order to figure out how you're how you need to do what you need to do we need to go to the person who made it i always think of when i teach uh, youth a lot of times i'll pull up a duck dynasty clip a clip from the episode of Duck Dynasty, and they get this like playhouse thing. It's one of those plastic, like I think mm-hmm. it's what did Fisher Price make a lot of them or yeah. something. Yeah. And Phil, who's the grandfather, he got it for his grand, his granddaughters, and um, he doesn't read the directions, and he just puts it together any old way he wants. And it kind of looks like a playhouse, but it's all messed up and it's hardly even usable. And also and, kind of falls apart. Yeah, a bunch. Yeah, and and they go out there, and the girls don't like it and everything, and and. Why did it look that way? It's because that was designed yeah, a with a purpose and it came with instructions with how to put it together to put it to best use. And he ignored the designer. So he tried to do it in his own way. And we do this all of the time. Um, so we talk about perfection and how you can't reach it. Guess where you need to go? There's someone who does. He made you and he made you for perfection. Go to him. Um, and then... It talks about in your purpose, Wes says, 
unique as you are, it's impossible to understand your purpose for living without Jesus Christ. Mm. And why is that? Because you were made by, through, and for him. Mm-hmm. And we're created in like, so it's just not, we're not just another piece of creation. Human beings are not just another piece of creation. We were crafted. He spoke everything else into being. He took time and molded us in his image and likeness. In the image and likeness of the Trinity, we were created to be image bearers. And this is God's mission for humanity, that we would be, he wants to fill the earth with image bearers, but not just physical image bearers, but spiritual image bearers, that we would um, be that we would be individually and collectively a people called by his name. We, we got to know the creator because the creator knows us and he created and he didn't just create, we weren't just created by him for him and through him, but we were created to be like him and not in some weird little God or there's a lot of false ideas out there, but we're created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And when we get our new bodies and or in the perfect form like we were intended to be when we get when we go home even more so mm-hmm. but yeah we're created for him by him through him so that in in him he would be preeminent yeah yeah and listen so the god who designed us has made a way for us to reach perfection um because the truth is and Wes lays this out talks about defining sin as missing the mark and us as humanity beginning back with Adam and Eve in the garden with the fall, we have this problem of sin, which means missing the mark. And we cannot measure up to, we talked about that standard perfection, it's so high, and we cannot measure up. Um, there's no way we can achieve that. So that's why God stepped in so that we could, through him, he paid the price for our sin that we couldn't pay. And now through him, he gives us his power from on high through the Holy Spirit so that we can, so that we can be made righteous and made perfect. And we talk about people want to find their own way to heaven, their own way to perfection. And there is only one way. Maybe I'm fast forwarding here. So Nick or Zach, um, draw me back if we need. But he talks about this this cliff, this chasm, and jumping over it. And he talks about some people trying to jump farther, some people trying different ways, and no matter what, we fall short. Yeah, so this, the chasm, so we talk about this, and we're going to talk about it more in chapter 6, but this, this definition that we have of winning, I think we might have talked, touched on it once or twice, but for us, the definition of winning in competing biblically is that we would glorify God by closing the gap between our potential and performance by the power of the spirit. That's, that's, that's the gap. The gap is perfection, complete, perfect perfection in God himself. We're trying to get from where we are in this fallen state. The gap that we're, that we're trying to close is from this side of the chasm, which is imperfection. We're trying to get to true, holy perfection Mm -hmm. in God in the Godhead, in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yep, and so that perfection was something that's impossible. And the reality is, again, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but like some people say, oh, I can go to get to God my way or this way, or some people think it's rude to say that there's only one way to God, that other religions 
don't lead you to heaven or lead you to God. And it's, it's not about being rude or mean or narrow minded, but it's about the truth that only one God has come down to earth to save you. Um, in, in this little picture and depiction, Wes says one person walked, some person tried to get more steam, build up more momentum and run and jump off. And someone even tried doing a jet pack and they all fell short. So the person who tells you this is the only way is not someone who's being mean or narrow minded. There's someone who comes in grace and truth to help you as service. And actually this idea of a chasm just actually brought to my mind how like God through Moses parting the Red Sea, the chasm that lay between them, the the mm. Pharaoh mm-hmm. and the Egyptians behind them, they were trapped. They were going to die. And but only the power of God could help yeah. them cross that great chasm that was in front of them because there was no escape. And God, in his mercy and his power, mm-hmm. split the Red Sea so that the Israelites could walk through and make it <clears throat> to the other side and eventually make their way to the promised land. Same way. God is the only, not God, Jesus Christ is the only one who's ever come mm-hmm. and paid for your sin and given you the the opportunity to have relationship with God. And that, that's a part of, so going back to season one, that's a part of our foundation is that we love God because he first loved us is what it says in first John that uh, I think it's first John four nineteen. but we love God because he first loved us. God loves us with an initiating love and in here on page eight in the hap, it says that God has taken action that it wasn't, uh, while we were far off, I mean, it, it's this, it's when we were far off, God came seeking. Mm-hmm. Like, so our ability now to be able, or our power to be able to love God um, and to hit perfection and to do all those things is only founded in the work that he did on the cross. It's only founded in him stepping down. So Philippians chapter two, surprise, surprise, Philippians is sneaking (laughs) in the podcast, but Philippians chapter two um, is that he humbled himself to be in our, to, to be in the, in the image of things that he's created. Like the creator stooped down to be a creature of like to stoop down to where his creatures are. Uh, and then he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. And then he rose from the dead, proving that he was who he said he was. Because he said, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Like he took the gates to Hades, death, hell, and the grave and just said, no, we're not doing that. I'm going to raise myself back up to prove that I am who I said I was. So now we get this this image of that same canyon, but... There's a bridge in Christ. There's a way across in Christ. And it's not just about getting to safety, although that's part of it, but it's about getting to safety and bringing others with us. Yeah, um, I love the image. Uh, and I know we talked about it before on the podcast. Nick has talked about it plenty of times, but I love the image that we are given uh, and the little uh, analogy that he uses of the way that Christ saved us. Not that we were in the water sinking and God threw us a life raft uh, and we grabbed onto it and kind of pulled ourselves in and like we're saved. But no, like 
because that that involves us. Um, I think when we talk about salvation, when we talk about these things, it's very clear to be very clear because Christ was very clear. I know in John 14, we've been going through in our life group, John 14, uh, six, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And he's very clear about his intention and his ability and the lack of our ability. So I think when Nick gives that demonstration, uh, it's not that we are swimming on the top of the surface and we just need some help but rather we're dead on the bottom of the ocean floor with no ability because we are dead mm-hmm. to, to bring ourselves back to life and then back to service. But rather Christ has taken off his role as on the top of the ocean on a boat, dove down into the depths of the ocean of where we were, revived us, brought us back to life, brought us back to the surface, placed us in the boat next to himself and with God, and now tells us to put on our scuba gear and go bring back other people. Mm. And and so I think like the image that we get through salvation is not this image of, uh, well, I was on my way up a mountain and Christ uh, helped me out or showed me the way. It was no, that we were dead at the bottom. Christ walked all the way down and then carried us uh, on our back. And the book gives a similar image when we talk about our belief. Uh, So it talks about, uh, we just talked about sin and the impact that it had and then Christ's sacrifice and what it has allowed us to do. But now we have this choice to make. Uh, And in the book, it's called The Greatest Decision. But with that bridge later crossed the chasm, it gives an image of a tightrope walker. There's a tightrope. He's walking back and forth on the tightrope and he has a wheelbarrow in his hands and there's a crowd around him. He's asking them if they think he can walk across the tightrope and they're chained. We believe we, you can do it. We, we know you can do it, whatever. And so he walks back and forth and all the people are chanting. Uh, but then as soon as he gets back, he says, all right, now you get in the wheelbarrow. I'm going to take you across. Uh, and he runs the other direction uh, because of his fear. And so that's what now we're told because Christ did this, we are now able to accept the free gift of him carrying us across the chasm. Yeah. So the question is, and I love that distinction of belief right there of like, it's one thing to say, I believe when there's no cost. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of the plight of American Christianity right now is this easy believism that has been, which has been portrayed and for, I think for various amount of reasons and, I think numbers being one of them, uh, we want to, we want to be winning. We want to, we use these numbers to win. We want to see hands raised and all those things. But when there's no cost, easy belief has no cost to it. I mean, I think you see folks like Dietrich Bonhoeffer saying that free grace is costly. Yeah. Um, on, on the other end, it's okay. Get in the wheelbarrow. It's leave father and mother. It's drop your nets. Mm-hmm. Like it's let the dead bury the dead. I mean, there's some hard things that Jesus asked that needed belief or faith. That wasn't just a mental assertion to a truth, but it was a whole life entrustment to the king. I think these four statements here that um, before we go on to the last point, and then we're going to go to close. These four statements here that Wes gives, I think, are really helpful just in as a synopsis of the gospel on page eight and nine. The first one, so number one, he says, our natural end was death, which is eternal separation from God. Number two, we were powerless to pay 
our own penalty to have fellowship with God. Number three, Jesus Christ, who was perfect, paid our penalty for us. Number four, this penalty payment is a free gift from God. And he uses Second uh, Corinthians five twenty one here, which I I love. It's all about the ministry of reconciliation. I know that we covered this in in season one, but God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So I think it's a great verse to kind of culminate this talk about perfection. That like we, he who knew no sin became sin for us who were sinful. Our nature, our natural end was death and eternal separation from God. He became sin on our behalf to pay the penalty so that we might become the very righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. For the world to see another way would be that's matthew 5 16 we'd let our light shine before men that they would see our righteousness or our set apartness and glorify god who's in heaven because that's the end game of all of this mm-hmm. so in, with fca we use this thing called the four it's a way of sharing the gospel really it's the four spiritual laws but packaged a little differently but there's these four symbols there's uh, a heart which is God's love and righteousness and perfection, a division symbol, which is what we talked about there, number one, our natural state, we're already divided from God, and then we do things to pile on top of that that we're even more divided from God. And then the cross was God's plan from the beginning of time to reconcile a people to himself. Um, And then the last part's a question mark, man. What are you going to do with it? So where do we go from here? What I love about the hat and what we're going to dive into is, man, what does life in the spirit look like as an athlete? Mm-hmm. So here he gives this illustration of a basketball player. And so I know that we've had hotly debated topics, uh, hot, hot, <laughs> hot debates on this topic with our interns throughout the summer. But I mean, imagine I'm a terrible basketball player. I love basketball. I love to play. I would rather run after a ball to exercise than have to have to go on a run somewhere. I would much rather be chasing some soccer ball, a basketball, a football around a field or a court than just go run around. Um, all that being said, I love basketball. I'm terrible at it. So imagine me and Michael Jordan being in the same place and I had acts like I'm never going to be first of all I'm 6'3 over 300 pounds Caucasian I can I got I got some bounce a little bit but I don't have his airness is being able to levitate type of bounce (laughs) like I'm just never even if I got his diet and his training regimen and all the things I'm never going to be a carbon copy of him one I'm six I'm I'm, I'm three feet uh, three inches shorter and our builds are different. I'm never going to be him, but imagine kind of um, imagine Space Jam style, the first one, <laughs> not this one that just has come out. I haven't seen it, so I'm not judging it, but the numbers say that the MJ one was much better, <laughs> uh, at least in people who've seen it and the money that it made. Um, but imagine Space Jam style, me being able to possess MJ's abilities and power and have that be able to live, be lived out through my body. It's the gift of God and the Holy Spirit that we've been given that not only does he want to have us pursue him, 
he wants to live through us as we pursue him. He wants to live through us as we play. So it's not just, he's, we talked about this last chapter, it's not just thinking his thoughts, it's not just trying to live up to his standard. He actually wants to come in, take residence in us. He wants us to default to him. He wants us to say, not our will, but yours be done. Not my way, but your way. Not my glory, but your glory. Not my power, but your power. And he wants to play and live through us, that we can actually engage in lacrosse and soccer and football and five-year-old flag football and diet and exercise. He wants us to, he wants to engage through us in those things and to live his life, his abundant life through us. And we get to experience all the benefits. Mm. Yeah. We end up like C.S. Lewis said we're we're kids sitting making playing with mud pies in the slums when we're offered this incredible opportunity for a holiday by the sea yeah um and i think once once that happens once we make that decision we are given christ's spirit we are given we're told the spirit that raised christ from the dead we now possess uh, because of what Christ has given us after he left. He sent us the Holy Spirit, the helper. Uh, and we'll get into that more next week as the book does an incredible job of just walking through the job and responsibilities and roles of the Holy Spirit um, and the impact that it has on our life. Uh, but man, I mean, it's so encouraging just hearing the gospel every time. Uh, and man, it's just such a simple package but such a strong message of just what the creator of the universe has done for us who have rejected him yeah um amen to all of that and i want i want to challenge challenge might not be the right word i guess invite is the right word first of all if you're not someone who has um surrendered your life to christ and acknowledged your sin asked for forgiveness and invited jesus to come live in you and through you that opportunity is always open that door is always open um so we invite you to walk through that to to commit to kind of take time to repent of your sin know that you sin and to and acknowledge the sacrifice that jesus christ has made to pay for your sin and invite him to come live in live in you and then you can walk in that holy spirit in that power um and nick alluded to it um there's a good tool that you can use it's called the four and you go to the T H E four F O U R dot F C A dot org and it would lay those things for you the heart, the division symbol, the cross, and the question mark saying God loves you, but sin separates you. Um, Jesus came and paid for your sin on the cross. So what are you going to do about it? That question mark. Um, <clears throat> but a, my guess is a lot of people that listen to this have given their lives, ha- are living for the Lord. And I want to invite and challenge us those of us, is that true in all areas of your life? And is specifically, is that true in the athletic area of your life? So many times we begin going to church and he's a part of those things. We read our Bible, even in our family or at work or at school, those things are true. But so many times the the athletic realm gets completely left out of that. So if that is not, if you are being convicted that you don't believe you have the power of the Holy Spirit, to live according to God's word by his power and for his glory in the athletic area of your life. We invite you to, I invite you almost say a sinner's prayer 
for that area of your life, to lay it down and to invite Jesus Christ in to that area. Um, and here's the good news of the gospel. And I've, I'll, I'll close by saying this. <clears throat> so many times I find myself not feeling like I'm good enough to do certain things, athletically and non-athletically. And here's good news. You're not, and that's okay, because that's why Jesus Christ has come. Um, you don't have so many other things. We live in a culture that will try and reassure you to make you feel like you're good enough, to try and help you be better. And guess what? You don't have to be good enough because Jesus Christ has paid that price. We aren't. And that's why Jesus Christ came, paid our price, and not only paid the price of us not being good enough, but now is giving us the power so that we may be made righteous and made perfect through him. Um, and that's your answer. So um, I challenge those of you who may have been feeling that way to surrender that to Christ and to live through his power. Um so there we go, chapter two, the beginning of perfection. We laid out perfection, we've set the beginning, and we're walking down this road, and next week we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit of perfection, so we're going to start diving a lot into the Holy Spirit even more, um, and I'm excited for that talk. So Nick and Pancake, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for all of you guys who have uh, been listening, and just a reminder about that zoom call please don't hesitate to email us we'd love to include you in that zoom call whether you're coach athlete parent um whatever role you have in the athletic realm and we will talk to you guys again soon perfect and strong <laughs>